0: This is Taste for Tenacity, show number 38. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Bowtie Advisors. We run the numbers so you can get back to running your business. Welcome to the show that answers the question that plagues students and professionals alike. What should I do with my life? Determine your greatness. Follow me through the pathway of more success. Each week, we interview entrepreneurs. Invest in things that you understand. Professionals. It's just believing in yourself and your abilities.
1: And artists that have followed their pull. You can't be scared to push the envelope. This is
0: what we need. From Ben Trella and Otai Media, this is Taste for Tenacity. What is going on, everybody? My name is Ben Trella, and this is Taste for Tenacity. This week on the show, we hear from Manito Reeser. Uh, Manito is the founder and owner of Girlfriends Glass House Empowerment. Uh, it's an organization for women and girls focused on personal and professional development. They do training, self-discipline, uh, and encourage love. GGE entails storytelling, documentaries, workshops, community partnerships, and since 2010, Manito has been offering workshops to enable young girls and women to remove emotional and mental bondage by breaking down uh, and explaining false narratives, Manito, welcome
1: to the show. Thank you for having me, Ben. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Yes,
0: <laughs> just from our, our brief conversation before recording, there's already been a decent amount of laughing. So I figure that's that's a good sign. For-
1: <laughs> I know you've been like. The lucky charm, you know, from parking <laughs> to getting me here. It's like perfect it's The extra sunny. glass of water. I mean, I we're, we're
0: spoiled today. <laughs> it, literally, I'm through. <laughs> That's it. Recording over. Show's over. We got what we needed. <laughs> So, so let's kind of wind back the clock a little bit. Um, you're in high school. You're trying to figure out at, you know, age 17 and 18, which we're all forced to do. What do you want to do with your life? Uh, it's a very easy question to answer at the time, I'm sure. Uh, so what, what were you thinking you would do after graduating from high school? Did you have a firm plan
1: set around that time in your life? I did not have a firm plan. I hated high school. Um, It was one of those things that I went from straight A's, starting in ninth grade. I was trying to keep up with the expectations from my teachers and parents. And by the time I got to 11th grade, started skipping school, Hmm. um, I noticed the peers around me and and I went to CAS. So CAS was one of those schools. If you go to this school, you are expected to be like a strong focused person with straight A's. And I was, Mm -hmm. um, but the pressure of not knowing who I was, um, not able to fit in, not able to keep up with that expectation, it just led me to depression. Okay. So, um, by the time 11th grade, I attempted suicide. Wow. Yeah, so 12th grade, I was like, "Can I wait till Yeah it was
0: over. You were ready to, to mm-hmm. move past it. Yeah. Do you have any idea what sort of caused you to lose interest in trying to keep up with those expectations and caused you to lose interest in high school in general?
1: Yeah, I, um, it was a conglomerate of everything. It was the shakeup from my family dynamic, my mother and father going through a rough divorce. Okay. Um, it was trying to fit in and meet the expectations of me liking boys and not feeling like I was the boy type. Yeah, um, Everyone, it felt like knew what they wanted to do. And then when I would go to counselors, they kind of looked at me sideways like, why don't you know? You should know what college you want to go to. Yeah, And I didn't. And um, it was... Just this pressure of thinking that it was just something wrong with me. We, I started operating like in a silo. So when I started mm-hmm. sharing with some of my peers, it was kind of—we we didn't talk about mental health like we talk about it now. Yeah. Um, and it was a lot of different things that was going on that impact me, that violated me. Okay. And when I speak to girlfriends, it was like, well, kind of one of those things like we kind of shrug it off. So I, was, I just started escaping. And the less focused school became and the more focused my problems
0: it came. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So this, this kind of perfect cocktail of everything yeah, everything coming together in, in a very negative way. Mm-hmm. You were ready to be done with, with high school. Mm-hmm. Um, what were you planning on doing after graduation? Did you want to go a college track or were you still trying to figure things out?
1: Oh, yeah. I think by the time I got to um, elementary school, I said, I'm going to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And that was just cool. I love the response, the responses of the adults. Mm-hmm. They were like, oh, that's awesome. You should be an engineer. I'm like, okay, I'll be an engineer. Anything that fast, you know, gave me the applause or yeah. the affirmation, I said. Huh. And then by the time, 10th grade, and like you said, I was like, I don't like this class. I'm um, one, um, one of my cousins, said, so you should be an a engineer because that's where the money is. And she was like, a lot of black young girls are not into engineering, so you should go into it. And I said, okay. And I went, took the class. I sucked at it, got a D. Everybody else was like straight A's. And I was like, I don't even know where I fit in. I don't know. Hmm. Um, Then after that, I remember I went to the student counselor um, room and she said, well, Manito, you got some classes that you need to take. You have to take summer school. And I almost felt sick to my stomach because summer school was this taboo of, is like something wrong with you or you, uh, yeah. or or like they would call it, like, you're dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, oh, I've never been in this space. And I was like, who's going to be in the class? And they were like, oh, different high schools in Detroit. And again, it started spiraling because this started to play into my narrative. Mm-hmm. um, The narrative that I'm not good enough, not smart enough.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. It really just started to compound. Mm-hmm. So then cut to graduation from high school. Yeah ready, ready, very ready, clearly, to Mm -hmm. leave that that world and and those sets of responsibilities behind.
1: Yeah. What did you want to do? So, interesting enough, um, this is why these conversations are so important. Um, Right about the time, end of 11th grade, when I attempted suicide, I went to um, a facility. And when I started to see a physician, I rejected medication. I'm going to speed this story up. But rejected medication, so they pretty much told me once... I leave, I would never be able to come back hmm. And that I will probably end up having another meltdown Or another episode of okay. depression And they told me that I should find a, a journey Where it's not going to cause me stress They actually say like basket weaving I'm not joking hmm. Something really simple So I won't have a, another episode And when I told them I was rejecting the medication, I remember sitting in my room and this counselor, it was like maybe like she was maybe a coordinator or somebody who was just there as a support for the girls. And she said to me, I see you, and this is not the end of your story. I used to be you, and I just want you to know you're okay. Hmm. That stayed with me. And that was the moment when it clicked. So when it clicked, I was able to finish high school. After high school, I got a job working in a health center. It was like one of these things. Like this is different. This is new, but she literally—I remember her, even though I don't remember her name.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and that—that that stuck with you. Yeah, we're—we're we're glad you're here, first and foremost. Thank you, thank and, you. And I'm so, glad to be here. So now you're working at this health center, mm-hmm. and. Something clicked and something shifted after that conversation with yes. that counselor. Yes. Did you start to have a clearer vision of where you wanted to go mm-hmm. um, in your career and in you know any secondary education or mm-hmm. what? What was? Yeah, what like was next? what's next? Right.
1: Yeah. Um, ironically enough, I started to attract women who just poured into me. Nope. I still didn't have a clear direction of what I wanted to do. I went for customer service. I went, but this all made sense. Now looking back in hindsight, I went for customer service, left there, did billing. Uh, so anything I gravitated to that piqued my interest, I led on. So by the time I got to DTE Energy, again, it was by default, through temporary, temporary agencies. Um, this one particular lady, a director at the time, I am going to shout her name out, Kate Herwick. And she just gave me a chance. It was just something how she spoke to me. But if you notice the trend, it was like a particular woman who was a bit higher than me um, believed in me for some reason because I didn't have the traditional education. So she kept saying, you know, you're really great at what you do and I want you to stay here and give you a job in human resources. And I said, Cool. <laughs> so, started making more money, and then she said, "I want to promote you, but I need you to get your degree." Huh. That's how I went back to school. So they paid for education. Not yeah. a bad,
0: not mm-hmm. a bad trade-off. Yeah, right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> and so now you're you're at DTE. Yeah. You kind of ping-ponged around to mm-hmm. to get to that point. Yep. You were in billing. You were you were working at this health center. You're yeah. kind of all over the board, literally. What What were you doing when you first got there? That. You know, and again, a a big part of your story, as you mentioned, is other women saying, I see you, you're doing it. Let's get you to the next level.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So humor resources, I started, um, it was... They were doing this massive layoff, so I started helping there. Then it went from recruitment, then it went to organizational development. Hmm. And that's when I started training um, employees, and it started training leaders, and I got certified. And I was like, I love this. Yeah. And I was there for um, 11 years. And then it was this moment when I said, I love this place. I'm going to retire here to, yeah, this is not me. Huh. That's when all these pieces started to come together. I remember saying, I love the stuff that I do, but this is not my life. So I thought it was corporate. I hate it. Hmm. Um, I thought it was this particular leader. I didn't like. Um, but in this moment, this when this transformation, and it was like the journey started to make sense. And it said, all the stuff you've been through was meant for this moment right now, this pivotal crossroad. When I decided to leave DTE, and, and I jumped. Wow. No job. <laughs> just started my business. I yeah. jumped. Huh. Yeah.
0: So you're at, at DTE. Can you just delve into a little, what is uh, organizational development for anyone who's not familiar with what you would have been doing on a day-to-day basis?
1: Yeah, so organizational development is this um, sister of human resources. It's still under the human resources umbrella, but um, organizations are now trying to find a way to engage employees, (coughs) um, cultivate more productivity so they provide training for leaders like how to really motivate your employees um, what are some best practices to get the best out of your employees so we had training from Gallo Strength Finder where we hone in on your core values or your strengths and Mm -hmm. leverage on that um, how to have difficult conversations stay engaged at the same time so that's a little bit of organization development how do we grow um and stay focused on the higher mission of the company.
0: Got it. So it's sort of like offensive human resources. Yes, I
1: love that. I'm going to start using it. Huh. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I had a, had a guest chime in one time and say, okay, I'm going to use that. I will cite your name three times and then it's mine. <laughs> 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 that is funny. So feel free to cite. Thank I, you. Won't, I won't. I yes. won't let you do that.
1: Right. <laughs> Org development is the offense of HR. Thank you, man. Yeah. You got the taste for tenacity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you think it was
0: about organizational development and offensive human resources that started to kind of? get you into a different zone and get you more passionate about what you were working on.
1: Yeah, because I found that now looking in hindsight of this journey, everything is relevant. And I thought that this don't make sense. I hate this part of my life and I was so embarrassed about what I've done before, but now I'm like, everything matters. Um, So when I had that moment, i was like, I love what I do. What do I want to do? And... All these women who were around me began to share their stories and their pain points just like me, whether it was from a time and place when I was in middle school and high school or just being an adult and saying, this is not my life. I want to do something. I want to make impact. And I started bringing girls to my home. It started with my sister and my best friend. We started sharing. Um, I had you know, other painful moments in my life. I had a, I was engaged and I didn't go anywhere. It was Horrific at the time, but again, I'm thankful for that relationship. But having conversations at my home, just talking like this podcast, and I realized this is what I want to do. I want to use those resources that I've learned for organizational development about getting results, but I really want to bring women inspire you know to inspire other women yeah they they, we all share something or learn
0: something that we can all use yeah you wanted to give a hand up much like other people had given you that hand up throughout your thank you thank you so then what do you think it was that made these women and and made these younger girls start opening up to you what what did they see or how what what caused that?
1: Yeah, so you know, I know people listening. But when I told Ben when I came in here, and I said, Ben, I'll follow your page. You're so authentic. People want authentic people. We want to be ourselves. We wear many hats. I I was human resources. Blah blah blah. I am this title. I am the girlfriend. I am a sister. But who am I in totality when I can be vulnerable? Um, and I noticed when I started to share my vulnerabilities people started to trust me and share more. So being vulnerable to say, I don't have it all together, no matter how many degrees I may hold, um, no matter how many titles I have possessed in life, I want to be vulnerable so I can say, is it just me? You know, am I on the right path? Mm-hmm. So that's what it is.
0: Yeah, and and this is an idea that that we heard pop up in our show with Amanda Luan, where mm-hmm. you, you foster trust and you foster Foster empathy through vulnerability. And it seems like that's something you tapped into early on.
1: Yeah, um, because I would never forget how as smart and educated the physicians were to help me in my situational depression. But the piece that they missed is they did not humanize me. I felt like a statistic. I felt like it was just something wrong with me. This is what kids do. I'm a teenager with struggles. But the coordinator, you know, not without the big title, I remember her. I remember what she said. She humanized me first. So when I talk to people, I don't care what journey or where you are in your life. Humanize the person, and you would get their authentic truth, their lies. A lot of power, and they, if you could just tap into and release that, you they would just be ready to sh- just to demonstrate the impact they hold. Hmm. Love it. Mm-hmm. So you're you're at
0: DTE. Yes. You were there for eleven mm-hmm. years. Well, what started to shift you toward, like, toward? I need to do something else yeah. compared to like, oh, I'm going
1: to retire here, as you were saying. <laughs> when no, you I'll first never start. leave it here. Yes, right? great company. And um, so, when I was in organizational development doing the training, we started to get real life situations of leaders sharing some of their struggles being a leader, and all of a sudden, leaders that I looked up to with these. Very high degrees It was like I didn't see the degree I didn't see um, Or this Villain that a lot of Employees talked about Them about You know So I started to Humanize them And they share Vulnerabilities Like they share Struggling being a parent And getting you know Leading the team And having to work All these hours And they were like Yeah all of this Is relevant now hmm. I want to do more of this I want to do more Of humanizing people And leading to results Not just for the mission Of DT But now for the mission Of humanity
0: Hmm. Which is two very different, two very different missions. Yes, yes. <laughs> going from hey, let's let's get some good utilities out to hey, let's <laughs> let's you know help people. Two yeah. different agendas in there. Yeah. And
1: so you're, you, you said you didn't have a job lined up, mm-hmm. correct? Oh, I started girlfriend's glass house. Didn't know how to run a business. I'm still figuring it out as I go. <laughs> and I said, this is what I'm going to do. And I remember I, I went to my senior vice president, he retired, and he's a type A personality, he's a lawyer, and if you would even talk like this, he would have been like, like, here's the door, we need people who want to be here, kind of, you know, and I understand it, but mm-hmm. he's very type A. And I went to him, this is when I knew I was at the end, and I was sitting in a lunchroom and I saw him, and I said, can I talk to you about something? This is not his personality, not an emotional, touchy-feely type of guy. Yeah. And I told him that I wanted to leave and this is not it. And then he, I would never forget this. He said, I wish if somebody gave me the permission to do what I wanted to do, I would have done it. He said, but I was told I have to be a lawyer. I was told this is the life and journey. And I was like, that was me. And he said, do it. And he said, you don't belong here no more like this. Um, So I said, I'm going to do it. (laughs) I threw myself a party at DTE, I, you know. and you would thought, I'm serious. You would thought I retired there. People were like, where are you going? I was like, working for myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. I have pictures to prove. It was the weirdest thing. I, uh,
0: I got to level with you on that one. So I worked <laughs> at a company for three years uh-huh. all throughout school. I, I left. I kind of bounced in mm-hmm. and out. But back in August was my official last day with them. And we decided, thank you. Uh, we decided that was going to be it. And they hosted a, a retirement party for me. Uh, they got... They they got <laughs> a retirement card. I uh, love it. <laughs> all signed it and had a cake uh, that said "Go on, get scram," which is a show this reference. Is so it's a show reference.
1: Hilarious, but yeah, it's
0: it's kind of that's why like, I said Billy Quick, It yeah. is.
1: <laughs> like, I'm through. It was. I gave a speech, <laughs> and some people in the background. I have pictures where people are like this. It was like, what the hell? Yeah, it's like what is going on? Like, we really are here. I'm like, bye everybody. It's been it's been fun. It's been real. I'm out, <laughs> and i never gonna look back. Did she just
0: put up the deuces? Yes, <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you're you're leaving DTE, mm-hmm. You're officially retired, um, and now you started Girlfriend's Glass House Empowerment. Yeah, without knowing how to run a business. Mm-mm. So I I have to ask, where did the name Girlfriend's Glass House Empowerment come from?
1: Yeah, so it, um, when I brought my sister, my girlfriend over and started sharing with them all the vulnerable moments of my life, and they started sharing. And I said, you know, I'm starting a business. It's going to be called, um, what did I say? This Girl's House, something like that. And mm-hmm. then I was looking up and researching, and they were like, somebody got that name. And I said, no, I'm going to call it Girlfriend's Glass House because... A glass house means we have to be transparent. We have to be authentic. Um, a house means the foundation. You know, I used to put barriers, you know, limitations on my thinking. Now it's clear. It's no limitation. You know, it's, I'm making all these gestures like people can see me. But um, <laughs> um, if you think of the roof of the home, it's like no limitations. We break the barrier. So it's just clarity. Of this glass house and its girlfriends mm. coming to my home, literally, yeah. like bring some wine. We're going to be a night. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it started. And yeah. Empowerment when we started sharing our truths and lessons learned, and that's how we empowered each other.
0: So now, there's two kind of thoughts I have on that. Mm-hmm. Now, first, it also the name, you know, glass house, kind of lends itself to people in glass houses shouldn't mm. throw rocks, mm. and that sort of feeds into your entire thesis of let's be open and be vulnerable because we all have some
1: gnarly stuff going on underneath the surface. And I'm hiring you for my marketing campaign. <laughs> I'm like, that was like new. I just thought you were going to go with the, uh, you know, people say the the plants in the glass house where the sun oh, reflects. Oh, yeah. But go ahead go ahead with your go theory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it's on tape. Like this is
0: his idea. For the record, <laughs> let the record show. Um, not even charging you for it. It's great. Um, <laughs> right, so so it's all about creating this environment where no one's throwing rocks, you're being transparent with each other, and it humanizes you. And so the other really fascinating thing about what you did is 95% of our life happens between our ears. And so, you know, there's the 5% that happens in the world, and then the rest is how we interpret it, how we internalize it, and as you explain how you build your narrative. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we wind up in just these spiraling tailspins. And vocalizing those, voicing those tailspins can kind of cut the legs out from under it. I mean, there's a scene in, I don't know if you're a fan of The Office or if you were, but there was a scene where Dwight is like giving Phyllis a back rub because she tweaked her back and she confesses that she thought her husband was cheating on her. Mm. And she just started laughing audibly laughing out loud because she realized how ridiculous it sounded once you get it out there and once you sort of break that that spiral that you're stuck
1: in you couldn't set it even I mean you literally hit it on the nose because when we're stuck in silos and I was like is it just me like do anybody go through these phases like you think you should have it figured out now I'm at a certain age I should figure this my life should be figured out I'm like I don't I know this is not it. And what am I supposed to do? I don't know. But when I said that, it was like the freedom. A whole bunch of people at the table, like, I don't know either. But we're going through the moment. (laughs) No. But what we do know is that the more we talk about it, like you said, it's this freedom. It's not as ridiculous as it sounds. Then let's tune in on what I do know. And that was like, I do know I want to help people. I do know that I love women. I do know I love girls. And... What can I do now? And that's how you start. It's like a pebble. Start somewhere. Yeah. Start somewhere.
0: And it's it's fascinating too, because admitting you don't know gives yourself the permission mm-hmm. to totally screw up, totally <laughs> screw up. And so being in that space where you're fostering these just, I don't know if it's revelations or yep. just these conversations totally lends itself to figuring your own stuff out, like, oh, yeah. that, that jives with me, so I'm gonna take that tidbit, and that does, and that doesn't, and sort of figuring out your story through the ears of others.
1: When I, Ben, I don't know why you just won't be a woman, you know, because. <laughs> I just want you, I mean, I don't discriminate. You know, I I, I actually invite men because that is the next part of the journey. But just the stuff you're talking about is all the things that we discuss. And I know it's not a um, a man versus woman because all humans mm-hmm. go through this. It's just that I happen to ho- hone in on young girls and women for yeah. my business. But you are absolutely right. It's these revelations. When you give yourself the permission, it's a revelation to say, now it's freedom because... Even if I stumble and fall, it's relevant. Hmm. Because now it's gonna be in addition to what is the next chapter and what is the next lesson that's gonna cultivate the next next impactful thing that I'm gonna do. If you're not
0: stumbling, you're not moving fast. You're not,
1: if you're not stumbling, you're not learning, you're not growing. Because you already maximized. I know how to walk now. Yes. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I
0: crawl, I know how to walk. That's easy. I got this. What's next? What's next? I know I don't I'm not a great
1: runner, so let's run, you yeah. know. So you find other things to stretch your thinking, um, the way you view life. Huh, mm-hmm.
0: love it. Mm-hmm. And so now you're, you jump in, yeah, like just headfirst into running this business. Mm-hmm. What was that early period like when you were trying to stumble and trying to figure out what you wanted GGE to become?
1: Yeah, and it, it felt like the moment when I was at the, in the hospital and the lady said, I see you. I was uncomfortable. I was scared, um, overwhelmed, but free. Mm -hmm. I felt whole. I felt like everyone is looking at me. They're like, you can do it. I'm like swimming. I was like, I don't know how to swim, (laughs) but bye. I'm doggy paddling. It's great. (laughs) It's great. And then the minute I got in the middle of the ocean, there was nobody around. It was like, you do know you can ask for help. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, let me ask for help. So that's, it was like, that's Hmm. what's the next piece telling people your story, um, sharing with them what your passions are. You'll be surprised. People want to help. They're pivotal stones to the growth. So once I started sharing, people started connecting me to relevant people that helped me with my business. Uh, one of them being, it was Michigan Women uh, Foundation. Now it's Michigan Women Ford, and their incubator to help Small women business owners, you know, get resources, money to help cultivate your business. Yeah. So I went to the CEO and I said, I have a business. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, I'm going to host something to talk about these issues. I would love for you to come. I sent her an email. She was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was Carolyn Casson, and uh, she came, she spoke. Um, she kept a contact and she said, I got an opening for a youth program manager. i love for you to have it. Now, I was making out very, very little money, okay, when I hired in. But, again, it was all relevant because it wasn't about me making money. It was about making impact. Yeah. She's the one that said, now I need you to work with girls. And I said, oh, but my business is focusing on women issues. She's like, no, I need you to work with the girls. Again. All right. Here I am. Hmm. Working with young girls and women now. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's another instance of someone saying, you know, you got, you got what it takes. Let's get you in the right spot. Thank you. Um. So one thing that you you said you're allowed to ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. That's something you have to be willing to do. Yes. How did you do it? Cuz it can be it can be terrifying mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, uh, help. I can't pay you, but will you help me?" Mm-hmm. What how did you navigate that?
1: Um when I jumped and looking back on the journey, Being vulnerable is critical to your growth. People love vulnerable vulnerable people. People love authentic people. So I was like, I'm vulnerable. Just be honest. They don't like a know it all because you don't know it all. People want to know, like, where are you in your life? Because there is a connection there. And when I started sharing that, they only have two options, yes or no. Hmm. Um, I won't even say maybe, yes or no. And when I said that, I, was, I told her where I was. It was like, yeah, I want to help you because they love that. People love humility, humbleness. And that was, now is a core value of mine that I keep. Um, so I'm not, not, I don't know enough. I'm always willing to learn. That's why I never talk about millennials. I don't talk about Generation Z. I'm like, oh, I need you on my team. Can you work for me? I'm humbled to have you to know how you think. So that's why I was able to ask.
0: Huh? Yeah, it's it's a totally different game when you start to try and understand why people think the way they do and Mm -hmm. understand the generational differences because Mm -hmm. young kids today are growing up in a totally different world than even I did. I am 22 years old and... It's a totally different environment. And so it seems like humility for you is the perfect way to admit that you don't know it all. And hey, maybe someone can help, which will ultimately benefit your mission of impacting as many girls and and women as possible.
1: Ben, just being here in your space— You shared something remarkable. I had no idea you were 22, but I knew what I do know of you, that you're very wise for your age. Thank you. And you was able to give me gems that I will use forever. So that's the beauty of not knowing it all. That's why people love to hear your perspective, love to say, I don't know, because there is a gift in all of us. And that's why we need permission, like to your point to be able to share that because it's like, oh, I can use you because you know something I do know, I don't know and I need you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Like high five, let's yes, do this. let's do this <laughs> and that's how you leverage just a plethora of opportunities and growth and you will find purpose because people say, what's your purpose in life? Live. Be your best. Be humble. Open yourself up. Be vulnerable and then you're going to find purpose in that. Fantastic. Love it. So then you're you're
0: doing GGE. Mm-hmm. You're building it. They yes. then bring you on to, to
1: that. Was
0: it a, a nonprofit? Yes, it's a
1: nonprofit. Okay. And um, as a youth program manager, i uh, working with young girls, middle school girls.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. So now you're a youth program manager mm-hmm. there. You're running GGE and you wind up eventually starting something else on your own too, don't you?
1: Yeah, it, it keeps cultivating. So I went from that, I'm in summer camps, spending a night with high school girls, middle school girls for a week. And I'm like, how did I get here? I don't have to have kids. <laughs> I didn't go to school for this. I didn't go to school for this. <laughs> I don't know where life is taken me. But what I do know, I went there and I'm a, I'm a, believer, I'm a Christian. Um, so even if you're not, you know there's something greater and higher power than you. And with the middle school girls, they all sound and act like me. They were going through social issues, through depression, the sadness, um the different caveat was their sexuality their identity and and I was like oh i was i'm supposed to be here and oh i'm now it's taking me back to that moment in time like oh you thought this lesson that you was going through was just you and it was just some moment, bad moment in time it's not it was actually the divine order to say I've been through it so now I can relate and i want to help you hmm. and that's when then I realized like, oh I am supposed to be doing this and it made the connection and as that continued to grow um, I got a call back from someone that reached out to me and said hey I know you're doing this thing by need help and human resources hmm. and I'm like oh that's different it was like this Monkey wrench, And they are yeah. like, I need you to be an HR director. You can still do your thing, but I need help. Became an HR director, still got GGE. Did that. Um, that became relevant because people still need freedom. Yeah. Whether in a corporate, whether or not. And that now I understood, like, don't make the corporations, relationships, people, the villain. You're not a victim. These are our relevant pieces to your purpose. So I went there. Um, Stay there for about a year and a half, different changes, and I was like, I'm supposed to be doing something greater. And so now I consult doing HR as well for small to mid sized businesses because I know they need it the most. And Girlfriends Glasshouse cultivated now to storytelling because my whole life has been a big narrative. So now I do storytelling events, uh, documentaries because I want people to just visually see journeys, and also still community partnerships and workshops with girls and women. So you're all over the board now. <laughs> it's Again, it's still all over the board. <laughs> it, it never changed. Just it just now it makes sense to me.
0: Yeah, and it seems like your consulting really brings together the corporate experience you had with DTE, yep. the the things you've learned with GGE, and it, it kind of mixes them in, yeah. a, in a different way yeah. and allows you to have a different impact than you can yeah. anywhere
1: else. I know, Ben. you got to go everywhere I go. I'm like... Talk to Ben. That's my marketing person. The
0: hug <laughs> uh, kid, bring him in.
1: All right? <laughs> Who's the
0: twelve-year-old? That's Ben. He's twenty-two, but he's great. Right? You have no idea. He thinks like a forty-two-year-old. FYI. <laughs> uh, so this is this is maybe a bit more focused of a question, mm-hmm. um, but you are working now with high school and middle school-aged mm-hmm. young women, and so you're having these very intense conversations. Mm-hmm the issues that you're dealing with and, you know, the, the anxiety, the depressions of the world, Mm -hmm. do you think those were always there in all generations and now we're, we're willing to talk about them more openly or do you think that this is some sort of new beast that's brought upon by, you know, structural and societal changes? Where do you think that comes from? Is it a shift in the environment or is it, Willingness to have a conversation.
1: Um, These challenges is historical. It's nothing new. Because, like you said, structural and societal changes, we just never learned how to have the conversation. Because we were dealing, like, I'm going to take in the black community, it was very taboo to talk about mental health. Hmm. It was like, nothing wrong with you, we pray it out. In other cultures, it's a different way of dealing with depression. You know, women, it's just something you go through and yeah. you just suck it up. Um, for men, there are issues because now we, we were given men the opportunity to be vulnerable. Like, you should know. Like, you just born to lead. Yeah. So now, as we get older, the reason why it's more prevalent now because we like, no. We we have a voice and we're going to allow different platforms, whether you got a podcast, TV, YouTube. No, I am going to tell you exactly what's going on, how I feel. Now is all this wisdom that people have from the past to say, use this wisdom and direct these emotions and feelings. So they're not just led by an emotion because then they're going to feel like this is how I am. This is what it is. And I just act out emotionally. But it's, it's redirecting that. That's. The difference. Hmm. Like, what do we do with this? It's nothing wrong with having situational clinical depression. It's part of life. It's nothing wrong with you. That's not your title. So when I talk to girls, they'll be like, oh, I'm a cutter. Like, no, you are not a cutter. That's something that you do to behave because you're trying to express a pain. But your name is this. You are everything that's beautiful. Hmm. And the redirecting that thought, because if I keep saying I'm a cutter, I'm a... I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm anxiety. That's the narrative.
0: You internalize. that You
1: internalize, identity. and everything. Your whole being, your whole experience, will project just that—that hmm. that identity. You
0: become what you think you
1: are. Become. Hmm. So now that's where I come in. So all the all over the place. Cause that's all. That's who I attract. And I'll say, they were like, "I know I should have life figured out. No, you don't. All you need to do is." Know that you are greater. That's what I'm instilling in them. You're bigger than any of these false narratives that's been told to you. You have purpose. You are love. You are whole. And they were like, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. You are whole. You're having an experience. And I'm going to find other women or other organizations to give you the resources to support you in the journey like someone did for me. Yeah,
0: You have to have it together is easily one of the biggest lies that, that we can find.
1: Thank you. Tell me somebody who got it together
0: not sitting at this
1: table, <laughs> I'll tell you that for sure. Cuz no matter how much money cuz even with I had a lot of money and I had none. Um I had a lot of great moments and I had a lot of bad ones. That's being whole. There is no life. There is no you're not living unless you embrace the parts that's ugly. Period. That's living. Can't make an omelet without breaking a couple Mm eggs. So now that I'm gonna see, that's the third one. You better drop these jewels that (laughs) way. I can't claim that one. That's that one's out there. Okay, but your your timing. All right, it's always on. It's always on point. (laughs) I will. I will take that
0: as a win. Yeah, I'll add that to my resume. (laughs) Perfect with timing. Um, So with that, let's sort of shift to the second half of the show. These are our quick hitters. Okay, and just rattle off um, what comes to your mind uh, as quickly as possible. So now we're going to take what you've learned and and really clarify it. So what is one of the key takeaways from your career or project so far, one of the core things you learned?
1: Please know your values. Values is impeccable. That is your, these are your um, drivers in life. It's going to direct you where you should work, the relationships you should be in, um, what you should do next in life, the people you should the people you should surround yourself is all based on your values. If you don't know it, look it up, take a assessment, find out, build on it. Love
0: it. Number 2, what is the one piece of advice you would give to your 20-year-old self?
1: Everything is relevant. Everything. Sadness crying. Sickness, health, everything is relevant.
0: Now, what is one book or resource that has helped you on your journey?
1: Stumbling Towards Wholeness by Andrew Bowman.
0: Wow, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the other ones you mentioned too that I want to bring up is Gallup Strengths Finder. It's not exactly a book. It's more of a test, but... Can you give us a quick uh, quick overview of what that one is? Yeah, they
1: actually tie the value. So, Gala Strengths Finder has been around for um, about twenty decades, and av- available in all languages. And um, they focus on what you naturally do best, your talents and strengths. There are thirty four themes, and you take an assessment, and based on how you answer the questions, you have at least ten top themes. Um, Leverage on those strengths. So, I'm a communicator, as you can see. Yeah, you can see, strategic. And just to give you an idea, relator, so I love relationships, but if you hone in on what you do best versus what you don't do well, then you'll maximize everything that you do in touch. Maximize your impact.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I took it uh, Took it back in January of 2017. Wow. Yeah, it's, it was fun. It, it is was, fun.
1: Yeah, it's a cool little test. And it doesn't really shift unless you were just like trying to hurry up and take it and get it over with, but it really doesn't shift You might like, your top. Ten just shift around, but it all is still the same.
0: Yeah, and I'm not sure if like if, if I took what was on there and let it, it kind of like ran in my subconscious for a while, yeah. and then eventually I was like, oh no, this is what I want to do because I just revisited it like last month for the first time okay. in a year or two. It's like, oh, damn, they were right.
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should talk offline because I'm a I'm a coach and a and a um, facilitator trainer. Yeah,
0: that's a that's a good resource. Yes, uh, it and is now. Where can people learn more about you?
1: Yes, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and my website, which is Girlfriends Glasshouse. Love it.
0: Manito Reeser, the founder of Girlfriends Glasshouse. And just all-around fun person to talk to. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the show,
1: Manita. Oh, I have one more thing. Oh, one baby. more thing. Yes, yes, the project. The project. So, yes. Oh, I forgot that. I the just want mention this. I just had a storytelling event at Music Town with um, some teenage girls talking about social issues. And we are starting a documentary in January called This Girl's Story 360. So the documentary is critical. We're going to follow the girls. Uh, two girls, actually. Um, they're struggling with some social issues. Some of that is depression. And we're going to disrupt this narrative, give them resources, and follow them for three months to see if we change and made a big impact. So that's coming. That's in incredible. 2020.
0: That's incredible. Thank you, Manito. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you
1: so much for having me. Hopefully you bring me back.
0: And that does it for our show with Manito Reiser. Now Manito's story is really centered on being vulnerable to build community and to build empathy and to build a, a relationship with other people. Now, unless you're vulnerable at some point in time, you're never really going to be able to truly connect with other individuals and other people that are struggling with similar issues to yours because vulnerability is what humanizes us. It what lets someone else know that we're human beings and that we can really work together. It builds trust and it ultimately gives a a shared experience that brings us together in a totally new way. And as Manito points out, being vulnerable allows you to humanize the humans that you're trying to talk to. Manito also shares a lot about knowing your values because they're who you are and they also tell a bigger story on what drives you. So if you can create some clarity around what you find important and even start to get an understanding of why you find it important, it'll allow you to continue down a path that, that will bring you a lot of fulfillment in your career and in your life in general in the long term. That's it for this week's show. From Taste for Tenacity, show number 38, this is Ben Trella. Thanks for listening.